Welcome, Crossroads. We're so glad that you're here today. Just because the church cannot join in here in the building with me does not mean that we're not joining in together. We have, uh, we have come together today. We are joining online. So I'm so thankful for all of our services, and I want to encourage you. Next week is Easter Sunday. Put the word out. We are going to celebrate. It's going to be great. It's going to be our online celebration. We're calling it Easter at Home. So I want to encourage you to bring somebody online with you next week. Uh, share that link. Uh, put that word out over and over about the, about the great word about Easter at Home. So uh, today, as we're thinking about the, the new reality of working from home, you know, we've been working, many of you have been working from home for about three, four weeks now, and, uh, and it's, it, it, you're learning the, the new trials of learning how to work from home. So I put this out on Facebook. For those attempting to work from home uh, with their kids, tell us something that your kids are doing, but refer to them as your coworkers. So check this out. One person said this. This was Michelle from New Jersey. She said this. She said, my co-workers keep getting snacks from my kitchen. Rude. Alicia Curry, one of the moms in our church, she says this. She says, my co-workers are dancing in the kitchen and writing all over the deck with chalk. <laughs> Natalie, she says this. My co-workers are napping at, because they wouldn't go to sleep last night. My co-workers are napping. Imagine that. Uh, Kendall Cray, she says this. Now, Kendall, she has two, uh, uh, she has twins, okay? She says this. My coworkers decided that the employee bathrooms were not good enough and decided to do their business elsewhere. <laughs> and then I love what Laura said. Laura Rinsel, she says, one coworker is crying over math, one coworker is napping, and the other has stripped down naked and is refusing clothing. <laughs> We have been looking today at how the new reality of life is, isn't it? And so as we're looking at the new reality of life, I want to take you back into the Word of God and give you a strong foundation for this new reality. Life is hard. The circumstances are challenging right now. But even as we look at the parables, we've been studying the parables, and, and I just want to give you this this morning, this great parable from the life of Jesus Christ. Jesus had been teaching, and he was teaching on the Sermon on the Mount, and as he wraps it up, he wraps it up with a little parable. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. Okay, look what he says here. He says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Everyone who hears these words. Uh, you know, I've thought for years about this parable. The wise man who builds his house upon the rock. The rock is Jesus, okay? But he says, if you're going to build your house, if you're going to build your life upon Jesus, he says, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, those are the ones who build their house upon the rock. Verse 25. The, the rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. The rain came down. The stream rose. Look, look, it was, it was a terrible thing. And he says that it did not fall because the foundation was on the rock. Who was that? He says that was the person who hears my words and puts them into practice. Verse 26, but everyone who hears these words of mine and does not, look at that, the one who does not put them into practice is like the foolish man who builds his house upon the sand. 
And when the rain came down, verse 27, the rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. When Jesus had finished these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority and not as the other teachers of the law. Folks, I want you to catch this with me today, that everyone is building their life. Everyone is building their life, and you're building your life upon something. And so, so God tells us to build our life on Jesus, and he's the rock. And upon that rock, you can build stable. But he says this, how, what's the difference? Here, here's what it is. Everybody builds. And, and for many people that come to our church, many people that are in our community, everybody is building, and yet many people are hearing the message. And many people will tell me that they believe in God. Many people will tell me that they're followers of God. And many people that even go to church every week will tell you that, hey, listen, uh, I'm a follower of Jesus. Jesus is my Lord. But yet they do not put into practice. I think that's a big, big verse there. Verse 24. Therefore, we'll throw that up. Therefore, everyone who hears, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice. So as I was going through this, I realized that, listen, everybody builds their life and Jesus is teaching and everybody's hearing, but not everybody puts it into practice. Not everybody puts this stuff into practice. And, and, and so they both experience the storm. Uh, listen, if you put the things that Jesus has taught into practice, you're going to still experience the storm. Right now, every one of us are experiencing the storm, are we not? The COVID crisis in America. Uh, you're tired of hearing about it. You're tired of a, a, a constant, constant negativity stream, right? Uh, we, the truth is we are in the middle of a crisis. He says, and therefore, if you hear the words of Jesus and you put them into practice, you're like a wise man who built his house on the rock. How do you build your house? How do you build your life on the rock? Well, by doing what Jesus said. So if we go back and we look at the previous chapters, this was at the end of the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus comes and he says, listen, this is how that you will know uh, that, uh, that you have built your house upon the rock. He, and this is his closing, like the closing of the greatest sermon ever preached. He comes in and he gives a story. And his closing story is, listen, are you building on the, on the rock or are you building on the sand? Because both of them are going to get a storm. Job said that in the Old Testament. It rains on the righteous and it rains on the unrighteous. It storms on the godly and it storms on the ungodly. There's famine for the godly, famine for the ungodly. Uh, the, these, these pestilence, these things that we're dealing with are upon everybody. And he says, how do you build your house upon the rock? And so today I want to encourage you to build your house upon Jesus in the middle of the storm. Because right now the storm is coming. Uh, the storm is actually here, is it not? And as the storm is here, it's, it's overwhelming, it's burdensome, and, and Jesus gives us so many things in that Sermon on the Mount. One of the things he gave us was how to pray. He says, when you pray, pray like this, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that's exactly how we're to pray. And then we're to pray. He continues on. He's, he was teaching how to pray. And I, I, I'm going to encourage you to go back to Matthew chapter 6 and, and look at the, the Lord's Prayer and, and not just recite the Lord's Prayer, but take it as a model. We lift God first. Hallowed be your name. We praise him first. And then we come to him second. We say, okay, God, we're, we're going to lift your name up second. You, you are God. 
You are the God of the universe, and, and, and we want your will to be done. And then you come to him with your needs and your request. He goes on in that chapter 6, and he gives us even more. You see, because I think a lot of people understood prayer as a ritual. And Jesus said, don't make prayer a ritual. Make it your lifeblood to God. In the times of trouble, you need to learn how to pray. And then he goes on and he, and he continues on in Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. He says this, and I'm just going to read this passage to you, and then I'm going to pull out just a few points this morning to give you some peace as you're building in the midst of the storm. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. Verse 25, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or, what, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes. Uh, verse 26, he says, Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feed, uh, feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they are? The next verse, verse 27 here. He says, And can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Verse 28, and why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not, that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. Uh, verse 30, he says, if that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown in the fire, will he not much more clothe you? Oh, you of little faith. So do not worry. Look at that. Verse 31. So do not worry. What shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will have enough to worry about in itself. Each day has enough trouble in its own. Folks, as I go through that passage, I see three times God says, do not worry. Do not be anxious. Do not worry. Do not be anxious. And today we're living in, in, in a world where there's a lot of problem. And, and I'm hearing them come on TV and I'm hearing them talk about uh, watch for your mental health. Be sure to take care of yourself. Be sure not to have a steady diet. Maybe I even saw one, one media said, don't watch too much of the media. Imagine that. Imagine that. Don't watch too much of this. Why? Because people are starting to worry and they're, they're going to places of anxiety and, and anxiety produces a lot of other symptoms, right? Sometimes there's panic, panic attacks. Sometimes there's shortness of breath. Sometimes it's just like headaches and all kind of things and, and it affects us physically. So worry will affect us physically. And so he says here, do not worry. Do not be anxious. And so today I want to take you through this passage as you are building your life. See, the parable says the wise man builds his house upon the rock. Oh, man, nobody would go out and build on a foundation that he knew would fall. Jesus tells us to build on a foundation that we know will not fall, and that is Jesus. But how does he say to do it, folks? He says to do it by hearing and putting into practice. And I think one of the great applications I want to give you this morning from that Sermon on the Mount was this part about do not worry. Pray. Pray, pray, but do not worry. 
And so as we look at this here, Matthew 6:25, first of all, we see that your life is about way more than anything this world can supply. Your life is about more than anything that this world can supply. Uh, think about this. You're hearing a lot about the supply chain right now. You're hearing about things of where they're made. Like you never knew that, that Advil and ibuprofen was made overseas. You never knew all those things, did you? Uh, because you're thinking about the things that the world can supply. And, and your life is about much more than anything that the world can supply. Your life is so much more than your car payment. Oh, thanks be to God for that. Your life is so much more than all the negative things that you have to deal with out there. And he says this, your life is about more than anything that this world can supply. Matthew 6, 25. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. There it is. Do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink or about your body, what you will wear. Is not, is life more, is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Listen, food was made for us. We weren't made for food. Your body was not made for clothes. Clothes were made for your body. Your life is more than food. Your life is more than this. And fill in the blank. My life is more about than this okay what is it it's more more about whether or not i get a virus it's it's more about what my life what my life will look like uh, financially afterwards my life is so much bigger than my bank account it's so much bigger than my health it's so much bigger than even my personal enjoyment what is life really all about then life is about knowing god and pleasing god He says there, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink. Listen, don't don't worry about your body, what you will wear. Know that God has this covered because God says, I want you to not worry about those things so that you can be concerned about following me. And when we start to understand this, this, the poem from C.T. Studd, he said this. uh, He said, only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. You know, that's really what life is all about. And when you're able to see that, that life is about more than what I have here, what I can see. Only what I do for God is what is going to last. Only one life, it will soon be passed. I like what Jim Elliott, he was a missionary in Ecuador. He actually gave his life as a missionary. He went into the jungles of Ecuador to the Alca Indians in, in the 1950s, and he gave his life as a martyr out there. Uh, he didn't know that's what was happening. He went in to just take supplies and food and to take the gospel message of Jesus. He said this. He said, He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose. You know, this week I've been watching people come up to the church and they've been dropping off bags of groceries. And as they come in with their bags of groceries, they're, they're giving to, uh, to the people in the community. You know why? Because they are being generous, because they can at this time, and they are seeing that life is more than what they can store. They are able to give because he is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose. I, I want to encourage you to, to not be worried. You know, our foundations have been shaken right now. There's, there's no, no start to the 
baseball season anytime soon. I was getting ready. I, I had planned for several months. I wanted to take my nephew, Hunter. I wanted to take him to the home opener this year. But listen, the home opener may not be till July or, or next April. I don't even know that. But I want you to think about this. My life is about anything, is about much bigger than any of my plans. My life is bigger and is about honoring God. And I want to invite you to honor Him. Number two, you can trust God who, who eternally values you. You have an eternal price tag on your soul. Jesus came to this earth and He paid the price for you. For, just think about this folks. For God to leave heaven, and come to earth, we celebrate that at Christmas, and it's this big, incredible time, and, and we just can't thank God enough for celebrating that. But I want you to think about this today, uh, that not only did he do that, but he did it for you. And he wouldn't do that for you if you didn't have value to him. Just think about that. Any sacrifice that I've ever made, I've seen the value for the sacrifice. And God, the Father, looks down at us, and he says, listen, my children, these are the people that I've created. I want them to know me. But he cannot look upon sin. So Jesus comes to this earth and he dies on that cross and he pays for your sin. He comes back to life again once for all forever. And you can trust God for he has an eternal value to your soul. Look at these verses here, Matthew six twenty six. He says, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? I want to encourage you, look around. Maybe you live, uh, live in an area where you can actually see the birds. It's really nice out. I've been going outside, and I can actually hear the birds. It's amazing to me how the birds know how to migrate back. They know when the weather's gone. They know what time to come home. And God says, I've prepared for them. There's worms out there that they can eat. There's a little, little straw, and they can build, and they can put their, their nest together. And so God says, listen. Don't I care much more about you? Are you not much more valuable than they are? Verse 28, and why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field they grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that even Solomon in all of his splendor was not dressed like one of these. To, to a Jewish mind, they all knew who Solomon was. Solomon was the king of, he, he, remember, he, he went out and, and did great things for God. And, and they saw that uh, he had more rich. He was one of the richest people ever. And they saw, they, they knew, like he was a symbol of, of wealth and, and greatness. And God says, listen, do not worry about your food or clothes. Because that lily out there in the field, oh, that lily, He's more beautiful than all the glory. God cares about that lily in the field. He has given more glory and splendor. Now think about that. These things, they grow up. Uh, the, 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 the plants come up every year. The lilies come up. I was looking in my yard the other day, and in the midst of all this, like it's just, you know, it's been cold. It's been nasty. We, we've been dealing with the COVID virus. You're thinking about everything. And I'm thinking, man, God, I just need a little sign of hope. And I come walking up my, my front door, and I see the daffodils. The daffodils came up, and, and there's these little yellow flowers. And, and, and this just looks wonderful. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking wow, God, I, I, I thank you, God, that, that you did that. And, and so God says, listen, if, if I care enough to do that, to make those flowers come up, can I tell you how much more that I'll take care of you? Verse 30, if that is how God clothes the grass of the field which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire. What he was referring to is like whenever you cut the grass. 
You know, the grass is starting to grow already in western Pennsylvania, and you cut it. And what do you do with those trimmings? You get rid of them. He says, if God takes care of the grass like that, how much more? How much more will he clothe you? Oh, you of little faith. There we come back from last week's question. Oh, why do I have such little faith? God is going to be there to take care of us. Uh, The third thought today is this, that worry is useless. It really is. Worry is useless. You, You cworry add one hour to your life. As a matter of fact, worry only hurts your health. I think many people are worried about getting the virus. And that worry doesn't help your resistance. It doesn't help anything. Worry is useless. And, and look, what, look what Jesus said here. Je- these are the words of Jesus. Like if you're going through the scriptures, you read this. This is in red letters. Look what he says in Matthew 6:27. He says, who of you by worrying can add a single hour to your life? I, and I think about this often because there's so many things that, that I have inventoried that I could worry about, that I should worry about, that I go and I, and I look at this and, like, this is what I really ought to be worrying about, right? God says, no, you shouldn't be worrying about any of that. You know, let's get through the crisis. Then you're going to worry about your kid's future. You're going to worry about your future and your home. You're going to worry about health and there's going to be another crisis, and there's going to be another crisis, and there's going to be another crisis. And God says, can any of you, by worrying, add an hour, like even one hour? The answer is you're going to shorten your life by that. And by the way, folks, most of the things that we worry about, did you realize that only 15% of the things that we worry about actually come true? And I think that may be one of the higher statistics. Most of the things that you worry about don't ever even happen. And so right now we're going through all this worry, 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 worry. So God says, uh, you know, can you change anything by worrying? No. And that's the thing I want to ask you. Can you change anything by worrying? The answer is no. And, and I, after we're done today, I want you to just, just write that down as we're talking. Can you change anything by worrying? And then go the next time that you hear the negative report coming on the news about about this virus, about the economy, about about your kids' schooling, about all these things, can you come and ask yourself, can I change any of this by worrying? And the answer is no. You see, we go like this. We look at all the what-ifs in life, don't we? And as we look at the what-ifs, I want to encourage you to change them and no longer say that they are what if, but even if. Now think about that. Not what if, but even if. Because God is. You see, we look at the what ifs. What if our kids never get to go back to school again? There was an April Fool's thing that was going around on Wednesday, April 1st, right? And it said that Governor Wolf has said that all kids will have to repeat whatever grade they were in this year, next year, due to the COVID virus. And, man, people were, like, going crazy. I I was sending it around to a few friends of mine just having some fun with it. But listen, let's take it from what if to even if. Even if my kids have to repeat that year next year, God is faithful. What if I get sick? How about this? Even if I get sick, God is faithful. God is with me. God will never leave me. Because worry never helps. Worry never helps. What if, change it from what if 
go to even if God is. And let's make that the foundation. You see, that's what Jesus said to do. He said, do not worry. If you're building, you want to be stable. Right now, listen, the storms are coming. This is what the parable that Jesus was talking about. When he said the rains came down, this is the rains. The storm, the stream is flowing strong right now, right? And it's flowing strong for you. And he says, don't go to what if. Go to even if. God is real. God is with me. God will never leave me. There's a a name for God in the scripture. Jehovah Jireh. It means our God provides. Our God provides. Our God is our provider. So I want to encourage you today, even if, know that God is your provider. Even if things look bad. Even if the economy bails. Even if I get sick, God is with me. God will never leave me. God will never forsake me. Worry is only logical. Now, check this out. Worry is only logical if you don't know God. If we, many people have told me this. Listen, I believe that God is real. I believe that he exists. I believe that he is working. And then they go to worry, 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 worry. And and, and they're, they're enslaved to worry. Worry is only logical for those who do not know God. Look here at Matthew 6:31. So do not worry saying what shall we eat? Oh, I love this. Do not worry saying what shall we eat or what shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the pagans, who are the pagans? The, the pagans are the people that do not know God. He says for the people who do not know God, they run after these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. He just got done talking about prayer. He says, come to your father who knows that you need everything. The pagans, now listen, this is what people, here's what he's saying. The message is loud and clear here. Worry is only logical if you don't have a God who cannot provide. The pagans, these were people who worshipped false gods, idols, images. He says, listen, those people, those people who worship these little gods, they run after these things. But your heavenly father knows that you need them. Do not worry. Don't ask what we shall eat, what we shall drink, what we will wear, because your heavenly Father is going to take care of you. He is your Jehovah Jireh. If you have an all-loving, all-knowing, ever-present God who's always with you, then why do you need to worry? And that's what Jesus was teaching here. Oh, I love what David Platt says. David Platt says anxiety of this kind when when we're worrying about these temporal things. He says that anxiety of this kind is a sign of unbelief in the Almighty God. And and that is really what it comes down to. Today I want to encourage you to build your house upon the rock. How do you build it? Listen to what Jesus has said in his word. Oh, don't just be a hearer. Last week we said that you'll grow your faith by hearing. Jesus says that you'll grow your life. That faith that you, that little mustard seed that we started with last week, he says you'll grow your life by doing what Jesus said. If we focus on Jesus, on seeking God, if you focus on seeking after Jesus, he says that he'll take care of the rest of it. Everything else, I love this. If you focus on seeking God, he will take care of the rest. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given unto you.
Oh, this, this is my life verse. I, I said this whenever I was a young man. If I will seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then everything else would be added unto me. And you know what? God has always taken care of this little guy. I'm just, I'm nothing special. I'm just a guy who grew up in Dormont in Pittsburgh. And God has always taken care of me. Why? Because I said I would follow him. He is my provider. He's my daily provider. Oh, I may not have much. I may not have, uh, I may not have a, a whole lot piled up. But I'll tell you what. God has never left me. He's never forsaken me. And he's never let me go. He promises the same for you. He says, seek first the kingdom of God and everything about him, all his good things, and he will take care of the rest. And as I wrap up today, I love this. This is a statement that my wife has in our home. Uh, she got this plaque a number of years ago when we were going through a bad time, in, just in life in general. And she sa- it says this, Don't be afraid of tomorrow. Do not be afraid of tomorrow, for God is already there. Do not be afraid of tomorrow, for God is already there. I love it. Look at verse 34. He says, Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Oh, I love this. Do not worry about tomorrow. That's what God's called us to do. Not to worry, but to trust. In the Old Testament, when the, when the, uh, when the, when the children of Israel were, were going through the desert, God promised to take care of them. And he said, I will give you manna. And they asked, what is it? Manna means what is it? And it was food that would come from heaven. And they would wake up and it would be laying out there. And every day they would provide. God said, don't take more than one day's worth. And they would go up and they would gather the one day's worth. And, and then there was one day of the week, it was the day before Sabbath, that they could collect two days' worth because on Sabbath there was no work. And so God said, listen, go take up two days. But if you take more than what I tell you, on the day you're supposed to take one and the day you're supposed to take two, if you take more than that, it's going to spoil, it's not going to last. I want to show you that I'm your provider. Folks, that's what God's teaching us today. He says, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow has enough problems in its own. Do not be afraid of tomorrow, for God is already there. God has already there, folks. Oh, this is so powerful for me. God has already in tomorrow, and He's waiting for me. He holds tomorrow. I don't know. I told you a few weeks ago, I don't know what's going to happen, but I know who knows. And when you lay your heart there, you don't have to worry. As we wrap up today, I'm reminded of Proverbs 12, 25. It says, Anxiety and a man's heart weighs him down. But a good word. Anxiety and a man's heart weighs him down. But a good word makes him glad. Oh, folks, I'm reminded of weight, what, how it weighs a man down. You know, when I travel, I have this book bag that I take, my backpack, and, and I insist that I have to put my iPad in here. I insist on books. You know, I'm going to be on a plane for an hour and a half. And I insist that I'm going to have to read three or four books. I, I take all these books and, 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 I, and I, I'll take my laptop on top of that. My wife always asks me, why are you taking your laptop? And, and what ends up happening is I end up feeling this so much and I have this weight. And this weight is overwhelming. And Scripture says anxiety, worry fills a man's heart. It weighs him down. But a good word makes him glad. 
Oh, folks, this is, this is what God's called us to do. He says, listen, I want you to come and get the good word from me. And here's the good word from God this morning, folks. You don't have to carry this anymore. You don't have to take this bag. You don't have to fill it up with all your anxiety. You don't have to worry about the virus. You don't have to worry about your finances. You don't have to keep stuffing this thing. You don't have to have this down. When I go through the airport, I have this thing so heavy. Then I go through security. I have to pull it all out, and I have to look at it five times. And then I have to put it all back together. It goes through the belt. And my wife's like, why are you carrying all that with you? And in the very same way, God is saying to you, folks, why are you carrying all that with you? Why are you, why are you carrying all that? Like, why are you worrying? Because your God is already there in tomorrow. You know what God says? He says, I want you to hear the good word from me. First Peter 5, 7 says, cast all your cares onto him, for he cares for you. Cast all your anxiety. Just give it to him. So today I want to encourage you as we close, would you take that word cast? It literally means to drop. When I think of cast, I think of fishing and I reel back in. But he means to drop. So I'm going to invite you today. Would you cast all of your anxiety on him? Because he cares for you. My question to you is, are you ready to trust Jesus today? Are you ready? Will you give your heart? Will you trust Jesus today? If that's you, right where you're sitting today in the privacy of your home, I'd like to lead you to Jesus. And you can just bow your head and, and talk to God right now and just tell him, say, God, I need you. You see, this God came from heaven and he died on the cross to pay for your sin And he came back to life again, and he did it so that you could not only have a home in heaven, but that you could build your life on earth, on the rock, on Jesus. If that's you, would you pray with me right now? And just pray something like this. Dear God, I come before you. I'm a sinner. I need you. You died on the cross, and you paid for my sin. You came back to life again for me, and I invite you into my heart into my soul, right here, right now. Thank you, God, for loving me. And for others, maybe you've been following God for some time, but you've been going and you've been picking up and you've been weighing down. But a good word, a good word will change your life. And today, folks, the good word is God's word. And I want to take you to him. Let me close in prayer. Father God, be with each person. Be with all the decisions that are being made. Be with all those out there that just trusted you. They've traded their sorrow for your joy. And Lord, be with every one of us as we lay down the weight and enjoy the freedom in Christ. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, thanks for joining us online today. Thanks for allowing me to come into your home next week's Easter. Invite a few people to to join and watch with us online. And also, I want to encourage you today 
to uh, to take the, the the scriptures and and just enjoy them and live by them this week. Also, if you just trusted Christ as your Savior, actually, I'd like to take everybody. Would you go online, take your phone or your tablet or the computer, go to crsmin.com, hit our digital connect card, our online connection card, and just fill it out. We'd love to know that you are listening today. Uh, let, let us know. Did you trust Jesus today? Let us know on there. Do you have a prayer request? Let us know. God bless you. We'll see you Wednesday night live on Facebook for prayer and then next week, Easter Sunday. God bless you and have a great day. Let this dark room in silence fuel imagination. Tonight the stars shine bright spell my name the winter cold chill blows away and bonfire fire warms my heart under the night sky i'm drifting off in the deep of the valley your presence surrounds me the crickets sing and trees ring and i want to let you know
knowledge, truth, and power will always remain. But as my eyes close and mind awakes, no words come to fill the space. Cause words, they don't do you power much justice. It's too great. Too great to be bound by little letters we make up. And it's funny that we sometimes think we understand the fullness of your glory by calling you this.